Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? As, as my beautiful wife was saying, we, uh, as we continue to grow and as we continue to exist as a church, we kind of continue to develop our culture. And one of the things that will be our culture is, to, again, to talk and, and to have a good time in here. And a lot of times I'm going to want to, I'm not asking rhetorical questions. A lot of times I want to hear where your thoughts are and where you're going. But uh, my name is Troy. Uh, I get the incredible privilege to pastor this great church. And if you're visiting with us today for the first time, thank you for checking us out. Thank you for being here. It's an honor to have you here. And as Darla was speaking about Growth Track, I, I had to be able to, to get up here and talk about this because I was psyched about it. Sixteen people were in Growth Track last Sunday. Come on. Come on. And, and here's why that's so important. You say, well, Troy, why is that so important? Our, thor- our third and fourth core values, discover your purpose and make a difference, all wrapped up are all wrapped up in growth track. People are able to come in, learn a bit, a little bit about the church in week one. Then week two, you learn a little bit about yourself. And then you kind of find your purpose here at Victory. And then you get to be put in place to start making a difference and start impacting this county. And so we're super excited when people get, get plugged in that way and get connected. Listen, you know, as well as I know, that it's hard to get connected nowadays. And one of my favorite times, after I come in in the morning and kind of go through the message and kind of get ready for the morning, I go around. We have a Dream Team Care area, and so when you join the Dream Team, we serve breakfast and have a little area, and there's nothing more fun than to go in that area and just see everybody hanging out and connecting and eating toaster strudels because everybody knows that's God's food, right? I'm pretty sure that's what manna was when it fell, it was toaster strudels. Um, And so it's just a great environment, a great place, and uh, we're excited for you to be able to get onto one of those teams and be able to experience that level of connection. And then, of course, as she said, small groups, so go Go ahead and make plans, be a part of that. We did that strategically for people who have kids so that you're able to participate and so on. So it's going to be a good time. You excited for a new series? I, I am super uh, ready to preach this series. I feel like we've said super excited a lot this morning. But um, I, I'm, I'm ready for this series because this is something that God's been kind of putting in my heart for years. And I believe if there's ever a time that the Lord allows me to write a book, it's, this is going to be one of those first books. But it's dealing with the subject patterns. And it's dealing with the idea of this, that in Scripture, God has laid out a pattern for every area of our life, that God has given us a pattern for how to do marriage correctly and how to do our finances correctly and how how to think and how to act. And God has given us patterns all throughout Scripture. And then if we will come to know those patterns and then implement them, we can see success in all those areas of our lives. And so from from day one, God has been creating in patterns. Let me show you. Genesis chapter 1. You're going, to see a, you're going to see a pattern, no pun intended, in this process of how God creates in patterns. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, so he separates the light from the darkness, and God calls the light day, and the darkness he calls night, and there was evening, and there was morning, and we had the first day. So we see a pattern here. God says, all right, I'm going to take the light, and I'm going to separate the light from the darkness, and when dark comes, it'll be evening, and when light comes, it'll be morning, and he's created a pattern, right? He's creating in a pattern. If you know the story of creation, there's going to be a time a little bit later on where he creates the pattern of the week, and so we work six days and rest one day, and God laid that pattern out for us, so he's constantly working in patterns. We go to verse 11, and we see another pattern that he created in. It says, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit, watch this, with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so that the land produced vegetation, plants 
plant bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. If you were here last Sunday, we kind of talked about how you have a piece of fruit that is, is, comes from a seed and then inside that fruit there's another seed that produces more fruit like it. So God has created this pattern that you can have an apple and inside the apple is a seed that produces more apples. And so once again, God is creating patterns. He goes on to create animals and creation says he created animals of the sea and animals of the sky. And you see patterns there. Animals in the sea had to have gills and animals in the, in the sky had to have wings and all. You see patterns and then it gets to us when he creates us. And it's in verse 25. And it says, God said, or verse 26, God said, let us make mankind in our image. So now God has a pattern for us, a pattern in which he created us by, and he created us by a pattern that is like him. He created us in his image. And if you've ever studied the human body or been through social studies or not, what is it, science class, biology class in school, you learn that the way we operate is very pattern driven. The way that our veins and blood vessels and, you know, the knee bones connected to the hip bone, you know, all those kind of things. I don't even know if that's accurate. But um, the, the, the pattern, there's a pattern to us. So God is constantly creating in patterns. From day one, he's created in patterns. And then Genesis 3 happens, and Satan comes along, and Satan implements his own pattern. So you've got God's pattern, and now Satan is implementing his own pattern. And in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it actually names Satan as the God of this world. So Satan, who is the God of this world, right? So now we've got God's pattern, and watch this, now we have a worldly pattern. So there's a worldly pattern, and there's a godly pattern. And I believe God has given us godly patterns in his scripture for every area of our life to be successful. But at some point, we replaced God's patterns with worldly patterns, and now we're not seeing success in those areas like we should be seeing. Look, men and women today, we are creating new patterns all of the time, okay? Human progress is happening nonstop. There's a new pattern being introduced Almost every year, let me walk you through this, and this is going to be really fun because we have different generations in the room, so this is going to be kind of fun how it went. So let's talk about the pattern of communication, okay? When communication started, the only way you could talk was with this, your mouth. So you had to walk over to somebody's house, which normally was about 30 miles apart from each other, right? So if you really want, you, you wanted to see somebody, you really had to want to see them. And so you'd walk over there and you'd communicate through your mouth. And then the landline was created. The, the phone was created. And that's how we talk to people. But still, if people weren't at home, you weren't going to talk to them, right? If you were out somewhere with your family, you weren't going to talk to them. So we created a pattern called the answering machine. Anybody remember that? Right? No? Okay. And so the answering machine, you know, if they didn't catch you, they could leave you a voicemail. And then we go out of the landline phone into the cell phone. And at, I remember this. At one point, the cell phone had like a box that you carried along with it. You know, you, you couldn't put it on your side. You had to carry the box. And then that graduated to the Zach Morris phone. We got any Saved by the Bell fans in here? Like three of you? All right. So you had the Zach Morris phone. It was like a box thing. And then you go into the, the, the cellular device, the cell phone. And that's when my first cell phone came out, the OG and that's the Nokia. Remember the Nokia? You change out the faceplates. That's how you knew you were rich, is how many faceplates did you have? Like the American flag faceplate and the green, all that. And then it was obviously the number one purpose for that phone was to play the game Snake, right? That's what life was about, playing Snake. 
And so Nokia comes, and it goes, and in comes a new pattern for the flip phone. And there was a time where if you were cool, you had a flip phone. Now if you have a flip phone, people think something's wrong with you. And you went out of flip phone into the iPhone, and now we carry the whole world in our pockets. And then recently, I don't have this feature to, the, to its uh, extreme, but now you can talk on your watch because of Apple. And I remember watching TV shows, and I was racking my brain, like, was it Star Trek or what was it where people were talking into their watch, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. I'm like, it was the future, and now here we are. It's the pattern of communication. I have no idea what the next pattern is going to be that's released for communication, but that's the way it is. There was a pattern for entertainment. Let's talk about entertainment for a minute. Entertainment started, we didn't have TVs. Then you had television, and you had black and white television. Then if you were rich, you were able to get a color television, right? And then there was the season, believe it or not, where we didn't have remote controls. And so if you wanted to change the channel, you had to get out of your couch or off your couch and go and you had to turn that knob over. You only had like 28, you know, it's a oh, there, oh, there we go. All right, there we go. Watching Dick Van Dyke. Let's roll. And so, you know, you have this, this color television now. We get into, uh, what, the flat screen televisions. And here's what's happening with entertainment now, I think it's funny is now we're, we're into the whole Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and Amazon Prime, and we watched Netflix, or no, we watched what, Redbox and Netflix put Blockbuster out of business. And now we're seeing Netflix put Redbox out of business. Like, it's a constant pattern of entertainment. It goes, we got people now, and, and this is my daughter's one of them, they watch YouTube more than they watch television. It's just a pattern of entertainment. And then there's a pattern of retail, right? There was a time where you actually went into the store and bought what you wanted. You had to actually go into the store and go through the clothes or go through the grocery aisle. And then I know this, is, this will date some people, but remember when QVC was popular, right? You'd watch it, you could call on the phone and order what you want, and you'd get that. Now we're in the, the day and age of internet buying, online buying. They say Cyber Monday was bigger than any Black Friday because we're all shopping online. And I said all of this so I could tell you this one story. So Darla gets sick this week, okay, and now I'm operating as mom and dad and pastor and the whole deal, and she, she sends me a text because I've quarantined her into the bedroom, right, because I didn't want to catch it, and so she sends me a text, and she says, which first of all, let me just stop and say, men, aren't we thankful for our wives? Yes, yes, praise God. I realize like six of you are. I'm trying to set y'all up for Valentine's Day, which by the way is Wednesday. There we go. All right, there we go. Um, it, I, I realized, I always knew she was important. I realized how important she was when all of a sudden she's not available, especially with these two kids. And so she sends me a text, and she says, babe, I need you to go get the groceries. I'm like, cool, no problem. Send me the grocery list. I'll hit the Kroger. I'll get them. We'll be good. She goes, no, I've already paid for them. How is that even possible? And she goes, I, I ordered them online, and you pick them up through something called, well, she didn't say it this way, but she said, you pick them up through ClickList. Like, I don't even know what ClickList is. And so I said, okay, well, I'll go. So I pulled up to Kroger, and some of y'all are ahead of me. Some of y'all are, you know, you're, you live in 2018, so you've done this. Um, and, and I pull up to Kroger and go into this little parking space, and depending on which one I'm in, I call this phone number, and I say, Darla Powell, uh, space two. And they say, all right, thank you, Mr. Powell. We'll be right there. And I'm like, okay. Well, so I'm sitting there. And out comes this young guy. He comes out pulling this cart, rolls down, and all my bag, all my groceries are bagged, and awkwardly, they're like individually bagged in every bag. Um, we could start a whole bagging company now. And so they bring the thing around, and, and I pop the trunk, and the guy starts unloading. I'm standing there. I, I was so amazed. I got out just to watch him. I'm pretty sure he thought I was psycho, because I'm just standing there like this. And I felt kind of bad. I was like, I probably should help him. 
But at the same time, he's getting paid. You know, I'm not getting paid. And so I'm kind of watching this like, huh, this is, and the whole time I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And you could tell he was absolutely un, you know, excited about the whole situation. And so I'm like, this, this, is, this is incredible. And he had to be 19 years old. And this was my favorite part is he gets done bagging it. And he's breaking these things down. And I'm just, I'm like, this, this is like, like it's 20, 30 or something. Like I'm just blown away. And he looks up at me. This is my favorite part. And he goes, you know what, man? It's crazy. Our kids will never know what it's like to go grocery shopping. And I was like, first of all, you're a kid. Let's get that straight. <laughs> and second of all, he was right. I was like, my, my kids will probably never know what it was like when dad used to load me up and take me to the grocery store and I had to walk and I had to hold all this stuff for him. And then I, I had this thought. I was like, you know what? But I never knew what it was like to have to wake up at the crack of dawn and go pick my vegetables or go into the chicken hen and get the eggs or other things that I won't say in public because my wife's a vegan, but other things to be able to get food. Like, you see how the pattern process goes, and it's kind of a little scary to imagine where we might be 10 years from now or 20 years from now with this process of patterns that continue to grow and continue to, to make progress. And so I wanted to tell you this. Listen, human progress, right, human progress involves us breaking out of established patterns, it does. In order for us to make progress, we have to break out of established patterns. But the difficulty is knowing which one of those patterns aren't supposed to be broken. That's the important part. This happened to the Church of Rome. Romans 12, 2. I'm going to go ahead and put the verse on the screen, but I want to set you up a little bit. The Church of Rome, here's what happened. So Paul who Paul was a killer of Christians, or Saul was a killer of Christians, and God transformed his life, and now Paul is a, a Christian evangelist, right? There's another pattern of how God operates. And so Paul goes around and starts planting these churches. So when you read the book of Ephesians, he planted a church in Ephesus. And when you read the book of Galatians, he planted a church in Galatia. And in, in Romans, he planted a church in Rome. And so he's going around planting all these churches. And as their pastor, he would set up a pattern, and he would leave men of God to pastor them, and then he would go and travel, and then he would either come through and visit, check on them, or if he heard something that they were doing, he would sit down and write a letter and send them a letter. And so it gets back to Paul that the church of Rome has kind of gotten out of the pattern that he had set for them as a Christian church. They were all into those gladiator games. Like, that's not movies. Those things actually happen. They were into chariot races. They were worshiping false gods. And so Paul pulls up a letter like Jimmy Fallon, and he gets ready, gets a pen, and he starts writing down what he wants to say to the church of Rome. Now, the Bible was made like it is to help us be able to read it because we read better with chapters and verses. But this was just one long letter he wrote. So somewhere in that letter, okay, he hears Church of Rome has broken the pattern that he set for them as the local church. And he sits down and he starts to pin a letter to them trying to explain to them they need to get back on the pattern he set. And here's one of the verses he said. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So what he said, do not conform. He's right off the bat admitting what? That there's at least two patterns. There's God's pattern, and then there's the pattern of this world. We already established who the God of this world is, right? It's Satan. It's what Corinthians 4.4 said. So he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not allow it to become the pattern in which you operate by. I gave you a pattern to operate by that was coming from the Bible, coming from the Word of God, coming from God's pattern, but you have kind of conformed to this pattern, and you don't need to. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
So take away that pattern and put in a new pattern so that now you have a new pattern in your mind. You're operating by a new pattern. And then because of that, you'll be able to test and approve God's will for you, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We've, a lot of us have heard this verse a hundred times. We built our student ministry off this verse because we believe that more than, than adults, I believe that the world is creating patterns faster and faster for young people. Because we tend to get bored with stuff, and young people are always looking for something new, something fresh, something new, so the world's bringing out all of these patterns, which is why we built the student ministry around that. Do not conform to the pattern. And this is what Paul would tell us. This is what God is telling us. Hey, if your marriage is struggling, I've set a pattern. If your finances are struggling, I've set a pattern. If your thought process is struggling, I've set a pattern. But make sure you don't conform to another pattern that is going to leave you lacking all that God has planned for you. And then here's what I've learned. Not only will we conform to that pattern, but then we'll make that pattern permanent in our life. And then it becomes who we are when in reality it's just the result of a broken pattern. Let me give you an example. Anybody in here would say, I'm not a morning person? Anybody in here say that? Some of you just going to lie in church? It's cool. All right. So there are people, my wife is one of them, I hope she's not even in here, who will say, I'm not a morning person. They're just, they'll, they'll just make that statement, like, like it's an ethnicity, right? This is just who I am. I'm, I'm not a morning person. But in reality, that's not the case. Because I think God created us all to be morning people. He created us to rise with the sun and to go down when, when the sun goes down. We're all morning people. The reason why we might not like the morning is because we have a very poor night pattern, Right? For example, I tell my wife this, like, you can't stay up till midnight watching Netflix reruns and have like a bucket of ice cream and watching YouTube videos on your iPhone till 2 o'clock in the morning and then all of a sudden expect that you're going to go to bed and be a morning person. Doesn't work that way. So if you're not a morning person, it could be a result of a broken night pattern. I was bad in school about saying that I'm not a good student. I was so quick to say that, man, I'm just not a good student. I just don't like books. I don't like to read. I don't like to study. I would just put out statements like that, that that defined me. And I realized now that wasn't the case. I was a great student. When I got into Bible school and those things, I did great because I was interested in what I was doing. I found out that my pattern was the problem because while my friends were studying, I was out playing basketball or out going to watch movies or hanging with friends. And so my pattern was broken. And so if we're not careful, we'll just label things. I'm a bad parent. You're not a bad parent, but the pattern's broken. My kids are bad. Your kids are not bad, but the pattern might be broken. My marriage is horrible. Your marriage is not horrible, but the pattern could be broken. We have to be careful not to label something with a permanent, um, what is the word I'm looking for, as a permanent statement, when in reality it's probably just a result of a broken pattern. So then here's what we do. We start believing for God to fix the problem, right? I, I, I believe God's going to fix my marriage. I, I believe God's going to fix my, my, my finances. I believe God's going to help me with my thoughts. We go so far to, to pray. Ask people to pray. Hey, would you pray for my marriage? Hey, would you pray for my finances? I'm believing God's going to, I'm believing God's going to, I'm believing. Hear this statement right here. You can't believe yourself out of problems that are a result of behavior patterns, Okay? You can't believe yourself out of a problem that is a result of bad pattern behavior. Let me give you an example. 
You can't just go spend money the way you want and then believe that God's going to help you with your finances, right? You can't, you can't ignore your wife or ignore your spouse all night and just believe God's going to help your marriage. It doesn't work that way. Let, let's, let's make it real, real, okay? That, I say we can really relate to. I, probably about two or three years ago, I, I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I would, I would give that reasoning to, I had got into ministry young and didn't really know what I was doing, got stressed and started eating out every day. And I, I, it's crazy. And my wife really wanted me to lose weight and that kind of thing. And so at that point, I had to start evaluating the pattern by which I was operating by, right? Because I can't just keep eating what I want to eat and not exercise. You would think I was foolish if I told you I'm going to eat what I want. I'm not going to exercise, but I'm going to believe that God's going to help me get in shape, right? You would say that's foolish, but that's exactly what we do with everything else. We don't acknowledge the pattern, but we keep believing that it's going to be fixed. God, I just believe you're going to fix this. I just believe you're going to fix that. When the entire time the problem is the pattern. Let me tell you a story that will really, I think, take this concept home because this entire series wrapped up, if I could give it to you in one sentence, it would be this sentence right here. If you don't like the product, change the pattern. If you don't like the product that you have, change the pattern. And throughout this series, we're going to look at all these areas of our lives that God has given us patterns for. But I don't think it's too late for us to change the pattern. When my dad was growing up, he lived in Moscow, Tennessee. Uh, he lived with his stepfather. His father was out of his life before he was even out of diapers. And so he lived with his stepfather and his mom. They lived in Moscow, Tennessee. And his stepfather was abusive both physically and uh, verbally. And he was probably one of the most racist men I've ever met in my life, my, my step-granddad. And my dad was raised in this household. He was raised in this for 16, 17, 18 years. He saw this pattern repeated over and over and over and over and over again. He lived in this pattern. Let me tell you a little, little, give you a little nugget for you. Most patterns are given to you because they're passed down, normally. We'll talk about that later in the series. But this is passed down to my dad. And I, I was thinking this process through as I was preparing for this sermon. And I'm like, you know what? I remember, I don't remember a lot when I was young, but I remember a few things when I was young that would have been evidence that my dad had picked up on that pattern, that my dad had taken on that racism that his stepdad was operating in. I could, I could see that pattern flowing through. It was going down. This was a pattern. It was interesting because my dad had the, there, there was a possibility for my dad to pass that pattern down to me. And something happened that really, I think, puts a bold line on the idea that we're presenting in this series. So we lived in an apartment complex in Memphis, Tennessee. And my mom and dad had divorced when I was 11, so I'm living alone with my dad. And I go outside to play. And I turn the corner of this building in my apartment complex, and I run into this young man who also lives in my apartment complex, and his name's Addison. And so we start talking, and we find out, some of you are not going to know who this is, but we were both really big fans of Penny Hardaway, all right? He's a basketball player from Memphis. We are both big fans of him, big fans of video games, big fans of chocolate donuts and Dr. Pepper. We just, we just became instant, like, you know, buddies. Like, oh, man, you, just, you like all the things I like. I like the and so we started hanging out, and we played basketball together. And day after day after day, I would get out of school. I'd come home, do whatever I needed to do because my dad's still at work, and I'd head out to find Addison. I'd either go over to his house or he'd come over to mine while my dad's at work, and we'd hang out. We'd go play basketball. We'd go do all of these things. 
And it finally came to the night that I decided I was going to ask my dad if Addison could spend the night for the first time. My dad had never met Addison. I had talked about Addison like crazy. Addison this, Addison that. I'm going to go play with Addison. I'm going to hang out with Addison. I'm gonna hang out. But he had never met Addison. I want to show you. Now, look, before you put this, don't, no, 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 no. Don't y'all judge me, okay? I don't know how old I am in this picture, but it's a long time ago. So don't you judge me. Don't be like, that's my pastor. Like, don't judge me. But this, this is a picture of Addison. So I wanna, want you guys to be able to see, okay? So this is me, in case you're wondering, okay? And, and this is Addison, okay? Y- y'all see the, the, the interesting scenario in this story here. My dad had never met him. And so I've been talking, Addison, Addison, Addison. And so finally I tell him, I say, hey, you know, summer's coming up. You want to come over and spend a night? I'm going to go ask my dad. And again, I thought this process through in my mind as I got older. And all I remember is that that day I came home, Addison came with me, walked in, said, Dad, this is Addison. This is who I've been telling you about. This is Addison. My dad met him, said, nice to meet you. I said, can he spend a night? He said, yeah, he can spend a night. He spent the night. Listen, that started a routine. He would, he would come over to my house on the first day of summer, right, the day we're out of school, and he would spend the night, and he would not go home until the Sunday night before he went back to school on Monday. He would spend the whole three months at my house. I mean, my dad would buy him every meal. He, was, you know, he, was just, he just was there. It got so crazy, I ended up going away to ministry school and I wasn't at home, and Addison would go over and hang out with just my dad. Like He was just over there hanging out with my dad. Um, there was one time, let me show you this picture, because this happened just about less than a year ago. Uh, I got the opportunity to, to officiate his wedding. He married a, a, girl, a beautiful girl named Connie, and we got the opportunity to be there. And so I'm, I'm meeting with him a little bit before the wedding, walking through all the details. And I said to him, uh, you know, I'm going through the details, and he, he says, he says I've got to ask you a question, Troy. He said, I've got, I got one question. It's really the only thing that matters. I said, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, the routine of the, of the officiating or what. And he goes, is dad going to be there? Because here's the thing. He didn't call him Mr. Gary. He didn't call him Mr. Powell. He always called him dad. That was just his name for him. Dad. Is dad going to be there? And all he cared about in his wedding was if his dad was going to be there, who was my dad, who was a man who grew up in a pattern of racism. And so I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, um, I just got done talking to Addison. I'm going to officiate his wedding in about six months. My dad lives in Panama City, Florida. And so I said, he wants to know if you can make it to his wedding. And my dad, this was his exact words. He said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And so he drove nine or ten hours from Panama City just to sit in an hour-long wedding and turn around and go back because that was his son. And so you watched a man grow up in a pattern of racism, a pattern that follows through with him, and yet he's caught in this moment where he's going to impact this young man's life one way or the other. See what I mean? That interaction with my dad at that moment was going to impact Addison regardless, and it was going to impact me regardless, because we were either going to see a pattern that is wrong, that is continued on to another generation, that hurts Addison and possibly leads to him having more emotions towards people down the road, or my dad's going to make a decision that the pattern's going to change, and because he chose to to change the pattern, he now changes the product. If you change the pattern, you get a different product. And now here we are 10 years later, and they're closer, I think, than me and my dad. And it just goes to show you that the problem is in the pattern. And everything that we ever think, these problems that we think are just random acts of things that are coming together, this happens, that happens, they're not random. They are a product of a pattern that's in your life. 
And it might be a pattern that was passed down from mom and dad. It might be a pattern that you were raised up in. It might be a pattern that you were self-taught. It might be a pattern that you were taught. But it's a result of the pattern that you're walking out. And if you'll change the pattern, I promise you, you get a different product. Here's the interesting thing about patterns, because here's what people will say. Well, look, Troy, I hear what you're saying, but it takes a lot to change the pattern. Because, you know, another word for pattern would be habits, and we know the process of what it takes to be able to change habits. You know how hard that can be. And so we have the tendency of saying things like, well, you don't, you don't understand my situation. Like, I, I, it's difficult for me to be able to change this pattern in my life. Well, here's the interesting thing about patterns, okay? Let's imagine that the pattern you're looking at is circle, square, circle, square, circle, square, circle, square. You already got it. Then what comes? Circle. Oh, you guys are geniuses. Circle, square, circle, square, circle, square, circle. Watch this. Once you recognize a pattern, you can predict the problem. See what I mean? Once you recognize the pattern, circle, square, circle, square, circle, it's going to be square. I go, I go to bed at midnight. 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 You ain't getting up at four. When you can recognize the pattern, you can predict the problem. Well, here's what's even cooler about patterns. Let's watch this. Circle, square, circle, square, circle, square, triangle. Circle, circle, square, triangle, circle, square, triangle, circle, square, triangle, rectangle. All you have to do is add something new, and it completely transforms the pattern. You don't have to do everything right now. You just have to start slowly implementing new things because the thing that you've always done, guess what, isn't working. So you implement something small, something new. And when you implement something new, you change the pattern. So the first thing you got to do is you got to recognize it. We're going to do that. That's the way we're going to end this service today is we're going to pray and ask God to help us recognize patterns in our lives that are broken. And then once you recognize it, now you have to be willing to start implementing small new changes in hopes that as that pattern continues, it starts to shift and change. And you know what you can do is you can go circle, square, triangle, circle, square, triangle, square, triangle, square, triangle, square, triangle, triangle triangle, triangle, triangle. Before you know it, that pattern is gone. And something that somebody put on your life that because of the enemy putting in a pattern of the world was supposed to stay with you and be passed down from you to generation to generation, you break it, and now there's a new pattern in my life. My kids, watch this. There was possibility for my kids to be raised in a racist home. Do you know why? Because there was what? Pattern. But my father decided, you know what? I don't like the product that this pattern is bringing. I called him Tuesday or Wednesday. I said, Dad, I got to ask you a question. I said, I'm preaching this and I'm 
telling this story about you, and I, I just don't, I, I have to ask you, I don't think I've ever asked you, why? Why would you, what happened? Because I told, I've told y'all before, my dad wasn't saved. And so, you know, like, what, what happened to make you feel that way? And he, here's what he told me. He said, when you're around it, you start to realize you don't like it. And he said, I didn't like it. I didn't like that attitude. I didn't, I didn't like that thought pattern or that way of loving. He said, so I just wanted to change it. The recognizing is where you go, I don't really like that. So I'm going to change it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are what? A new creation. They're new. The old is gone. The new has come. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Watch this. Some of us are new people operating in old patterns. It's not God's will for our lives. His will for us is not to be good people with bad habits. His will is for you to be able to recognize those patterns, make the needed change, and provide a new pattern, a godly pattern, a pattern. Watch this. You don't have to make up. He gave you. All throughout his word, he tells you how to think. He tells you how to love. He tells you how to speak. He tells you how to spend your money. He tells you how to spend your time. He tells, Jesus had three patterns he operated by, and we're going to look at those over the next eight weeks. Those three patterns set him up for the success. There are patterns in Scripture. This isn't just letters that Paul wrote to another church. This is patterns for you to live your life by. But at some point, we put that aside and we started saying, all right, world, what do you want me to do? You want me to talk through my, through my watch? You want me to buy my groceries you know, online? What, what pattern do you want me to, how do you want me to live my married life? How do you want me to treat my finances? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to act? And we look to the world and the world gave us a pattern. And we started operating by it. And then all of a sudden we were really unhappy. And we said, why are we so unhappy? Because we got away from the pattern that we were originally given. So recognize the pattern, start putting something new and watch the pattern change. And then my goodness, you get a new product. Problem is the pattern. Change the pattern. Do me a favor and stand with me this morning. I know Brian's probably going to come out and tell you to sit back down, but I just wanted in this moment to, before we launch this series and start getting into specifics, I just thought it'd be a good way for every one of us to just kind of get silent before the Lord for a second and ask Him to help us recognize the patterns. Because here's the deal. I'm going to address eight specific things over the next weeks. It may not be your thing. It may not be your specific thing. But here's what I know about the Word of God. Number one, I know it doesn't return void. Number two, I know it's alive. So that means I could get up here and sound like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 and the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart. So what we're going to do, the way we're going to end this this morning is we're going to say, God, what patterns in my life are messed up and worldly and not of God and not of your word and I need your help changing them. Lord, we thank you so much. First of all, we just come before you humbled that you would even give us time of day. You are the creator of all things but your love for us is so much that you sent your son for us so that we could be in Christ and we could be a new creation and we could change patterns 
And God, you created everything with a plan and a pattern, and it was all set up for us to experience success. And then in came the enemy. And the story could have ended there, but Lord, you gave us the ability to look onto your word and to put back in place the patterns that you had for our lives. And so every one of us right now, God, we just come to you and we ask you that you would begin to reveal to our hearts patterns in our life that are broken, patterns in our life that are not of you, that are not of your word, patterns that we've taken that have been passed down to us from generation, patterns that we self-taught, patterns that we looked around and learned from our peers, those patterns, God, that are incorrect and wrong. Lord, help us to recognize them. It's because of unrecognized patterns that we are operating in less than you would have for us. So help us right now, I pray, in your Holy Spirit. Just begin to speak to hearts. Begin to reveal it's this pattern. It's this pattern. Some of them will be, some people will be driving home today and God didn't hit them. Some people will be sitting at home tonight and their spouse will let them know this is the pattern. But God, it isn't because we're defeated and we can't be angry because of the pattern. We have to be proactive to apply your word and to see that pattern change. Because you have not left us and you have not forsaken us, but you have given us Christ so that we could be made new and so that we could be new people operating in new patterns. So Lord, speak, I pray, to what those patterns are. And God, we're going to start addressing things. And next week, we're going to look at worry and anxiety. Lord, we're going to look at our relationships and we're going to look at our finances and we're going to look at our thoughts and we're going to open up your word and see what pattern you provided for us to find success in those areas. But between now and then, but you don't need a church service to transform a pattern. Somebody can make that decision tonight to start changing. Like my dad did, it was just as a spur of the moment, this pattern is going to change. God, give people that boldness. That's what the Holy Spirit's for, is boldness to be able to make those changes and make those impacts in our lives and establish new patterns that bring out new products. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you forgive us and give us second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. Most of all, we thank you that in the beginning of time, you laid out the right pattern we needed to be able to live a life that has fulfillment. We give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen.